erase anything from the last year. It didn't. We, we walked into 2021, some of us feeling hopeless, grieving something. Um, but some of us also walked in praising, and that's awesome. Um, but I just kind of wanted to share from Lamentations 3 this morning. Um, Jeremiah writes, Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and seeks within me. This I recall to mine, therefore I, therefore I have hope. And early on in the chapter, he was anti, antagonizing God and kind of blaming God for all of his afflictions and stuff. But then he begins to recall what the Lord has done for his people in the past. And that's what draws him to the hope and faithfulness of the Lord. And he goes on, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. So will you stand with us this morning and sing and have hope in him this morning? Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. Love could remember the wrongs we have done. Omniscience, all knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many. Mercy is more. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy. What weight as we constantly roam What Father so tender is calling us home He welcomes the weakness, the violence, the poor Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more
You can be seated. Well, welcome to First Baptist Church. We are so glad that you're here for the first Sunday of a new year. And we're grateful for the Radius Worship Band here lead, leading us in worship. Uh, our worship pastor, Todd Green, is on vacation today. Uh, but we're great, grateful that Radius is here every Wednesday night at 6.30. Uh, we have a young adult worship service for people from 18 to 29 years of age. You're welcome to be a part of that. But this is the band that leads for us every Wednesday. And so we're grateful you guys are leading today. And um, we're glad that you're here. And if you're a guest with us, we know that at our church, every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. So if you're a guest, we're so glad that you're here. And the one thing that we ask is that you would fill out that guest registration card that's located there in the pew rack. If you could take that and fill it out. Uh, there's a spot if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. Um, or if you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, there's a spot on the card. You can indicate that as well. Later on in our service, um, if you walk out these double doors and go to the Welcome Center, our pastor, Dr. Cox, will be there. You can give him that card. He's got a small gift for you for coming and being a part of our service today. As we continue to worship, we just want to take a moment to pray and ask God to meet with us. So would you just take a moment with me and we can pray together? Let's bow our heads and pray. God, you're so good. And God, I thank you. Just as we just sang, your mercies are more. Every morning, we receive new mercy. And every year, we get this opportunity to thank you for more grace. And God, as we start a new year, Father, we look at the new possibilities, new things that you're going to do in our lives. God, now we just want to celebrate that. And as we gather together, we celebrate what you have already done and what you will do, knowing that you are good and that you do good. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you sing, sing? I count on one thing. And I count on one thing. The same God that never fails It will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God that's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. One thing, and I count on one thing. The same God never fails. It will not fail me now. And you won't fail me now. And no waiting. The same God who's never lame is working all things out. Working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I Oh, yes, I 
scripture dedicated to lamenting Lord because you show that there is something sacred about grief and that it's something that should be honored and, and something that you use to bring us back to you Lord I just I just ask that you just be with us as we continue to worship through the listening of your word Lord I just pray that um, you just transform us Lord as we we sit under the preaching of your word Lord and that you just continue to be with us in fellowship it's your precious and holy name that I pray amen Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Radius Band, so much for leading us in worship. Good morning, folks. Good Happy New Year to you. Uh, we're ready for a new year, aren't we? Ready to try a different one. We have new beginnings in our church that I want to tell you about. Um, yesterday began the first week of upward basketball and cheerleading. Had nine games, 18 teams playing. 
uh, over 400 people throughout the day in our gym, many of them not in our church. And uh, I just want to ask you to pray for these next eight Saturdays. It's my privilege to share the gospel, share my testimony in each of those half times yesterday. Would you just pray for this uh, season uh, that um, uh, kids will be impacted, families be drawn to him. Wednesday night begins our new Wednesday programming. So Fellowship Supper starts back Wednesday at 5. You have to make a reservation today if you want to eat Wednesday. Prayer meeting starts back after a Christmas hiatus. So 6 o'clock Wednesday is that we gather in room D204 to pray for one another. We need prayer. We invite you to pray. And then at 6.30 begins a new year of Christian Discipleship Pathway. There are three courses that are offered. I'm teaching an essentials course on God, money, and you. And, I, and uh, then there is a class, a course also on five things God uses to grow your faith and shape finding your unique purpose for life. Each of these is a five-week course that begins Wednesday at 6.30. I hope you'll take these steps to be further connected to our church and to grow in discipleship. Today, I want to begin a five-week sermon series entitled, Change. Is there anything in your life that you would like to change? Well, Lord willing, for the next five weeks in the month of January, we're going to be looking at the writings of Paul about how to change. These first three weeks are from Romans, where we'll look at how to change unwanted behaviors. And then we'll look at Philippians about how to change our thoughts and our emotions. And then we'll look at Ephesians about how to change the nature of our relationships with one another. So we begin today, I'm going to spend three weeks, Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8, on these three chapters about how to change unwanted behaviors. Now the word unwanted is key there. If you still want to do what you're doing, I don't know how to help you to change. But if you've got some things you don't want to do anymore, then the Bible can tell you how you can change those behaviors. When you get ready that you don't want to live like that anymore, there's some help for you. So I hope that you will examine your life. I'm praying that God will bring to your mind right now some behaviors that need to change. Let me give you some examples Maybe you have a habit of lying. When I was a kid, I lied to a teacher to get out of trouble, and it worked. And it created a pattern of lying for a few years in my life. And it would have been better if I'd stopped that behavior. I stopped it finally when I really got caught. Maybe, you guys, you've been lying to your parents. And that's become a pattern in the way you relate to your parents And you don't want to do that, and you need to change. Maybe you're stealing. You're stealing from your employer, and you know that's not right, and you want to change. Cindy and I know a worship pastor in another state who was just asked to resign from his church because he had been taking church funds for personal expenses had amounted to several thousands of dollars over a period of two years. I'm sure during that time he knew that was wrong and he wanted to change, but he didn't change until it cost him his career and his embarrassment. Maybe you're, that's the pattern in your life. Maybe it's your mouth that's getting you in trouble and you have a pattern of cursing or you have a pattern of gossiping or you just continually get angry with your family and there's angry outbursts and you don't want to talk that way to your wife but you just keep doing it how could you change maybe there's sexual sin in your life maybe there's a relationship that's outside of God's will that is improper maybe you're sending inappropriate texts to somebody else at school maybe you're caught up viewing pornography And every time you do it, you feel guilty, and I'm not going to do this again, and you just keep going back there, how do you change? Maybe you're too much time with media, too much time on your phone, uh, gaming, and you just want to change some of that. How 
how do you do that? Maybe money is well, you're spending too much and, and you want to change. Maybe you're drinking too much and you said you're going to quit, but you keep going. Maybe you started taking a painkiller because you had some back pain and now that's become a habit that you're dependent on that painkiller. How do you change unwanted behaviors? I want to share with you two steps from the Bible in Romans chapter 6. There are two parts to Romans 6. Two simple, profound things that you need to do if you want to change unwanted behavior. Number one, die to sin. That is, make a decisive break with your unwanted behavior. Die to sin. Can we put that up there? Die to sin. Make a decisive break with your unwanted behavior. So you see what a lot of us want to do, we just want to manage our unwanted behavior. We don't really want to quit. We just want to do less of it so it doesn't embarrass us or get us trouble. We don't want to quit watching porn. We just want to watch less. We just want to drink less. We just want to gossip less. We just want to domesticate our sins, but we want to keep them as pets, you know? Just a little, you know, we're not really wanting to get serious or radical. We just don't want this to get out of control so that it causes us pain in our lives. And that won't work. You've got to die to it. You need to draw a line in the sand today if there's some unwanted behavior in your life that God's brought to your mind and say, today I die to this. That is, there will be a clear and decisive break in my pattern today. I'm going to tell you how you might can do that, but that's the first key. Let's look at Romans 6. Romans is a very organized letter. Here's the organization. Chapters 1 through the, through the middle of chapter 3 tell how you were before you became a Christian. You're a sinner. You're under the wrath of God. You're in bad shape. Chapters 3 through chapter 5 tell you how you can get out of that mess. Tells you how you can be saved. By the grace of God, your sins will be forgiven. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be justified by faith in Jesus. Now Romans 6 through 8 that we're going to look at these next three weeks tell you what you do after you get saved. How can I live a holy life? How can I overcome sin? Here we go, Romans 6.1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Maybe you've heard that form of that question before. If we're saved by grace, if it's just a free gift, does it really matter if I sin? Can't I just go on sinning? That's the question here. Here's Paul's answer, verse 2. By no means. We are those who have what? Died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? When you got saved, there was a break. There was a death to sin. Your baptism represents that. Look at verse 3. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So you, when you got baptized, if you're a Christian, you were put down under water to signify I am united with Jesus in his death and I am dying to my old way of life. Verse 4 says... We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. So baptism is sort of like a graveside service. Baptism is your burial. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So Paul takes these deep theological truths and, and brings them uh, to practicality. And he says your baptism shows how you can overcome this. And, and folks, uh, this is... You need to be baptized if you haven't been baptized. Uh, this passage says that your baptism is important. And this is why we baptize by immersion. Because nothing else depicts that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And your union with him, your death to sin, and being raised to a new life. So if you haven't been baptized, you need to nail this thing down in your life. You need to be baptized as a sign that you are a Christian. It says... In verse 5, for if we've been united with him in death, we will, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. 
Now skip to verse 11. Verse 11 we're going to look at in both halves of this. It's a hinge verse. The first part of verse 11 tells now what you ought to do because you've been baptized as a sign of your death to sin. In the same way, we count ourselves dead to sin. So here's what you do. You want to change unwanted behaviors. You count or view or say or consider or reckon yourself, I am dead to this sin. So here's what you got to do right now. You got to say, uh, I die to this. Uh, I, I, sometimes I've watched the television program Shark Tank. Have you ever seen Shark Tank? And it's got these billionaire entrepreneurs and people coming in and pitch their inventions or their ideas and they decide if they'll invest in them or not. One of those sharks is Kevin O'Leary. And he has this thing that he says when he doesn't want to invest and he's tired of negotiating with people and it's over. He says, you're dead to me. You ever seen that? You're dead to me. That's what he says. That's what you've got to say today if you want to change unwanted behavior. You, you stare that drinking, that pornography, that excess use, your phone, whatever it is, in the face and say, you're dead to me. It's over. I'm done. I've drawn a line in the sand and I count myself dead. Now, you need to take some drastic action to reinforce what you have said. So if you've got a problem um, uh, with, the, uh, with an app on your phone, you need to delete that app. Uh, if you've got a problem drinking, you go home and pour everything down the drain today. No more. If there's a relationship that is on wrong, you text right now and say, it's over. It's done. You've got to die to this. There has to be a drastic break. In Matthew 18, 8, Jesus said, if your hand or foot causes you to stumble, Cut it off and throw it away. It is better to enter life maimed or crippled than whole go into eternal fire. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Now, that is hyperbole. He does not want you to cut your hand off. Your hand is not what makes you sin. But he is saying is, if you are grasping something in your hand that is causing you to sin, then don't ever grasp that again. If you are going places, don't go there again. There has to be uh, some drastic, what drastic action, if you're serious today about wanting to change unwanted behavior, what drastic action do you need to take today so that you can say, I die to this? How are you going to fence it off in your life? And you might say, well, other Christians can be on TikTok or Instagram, but maybe you can't. And maybe you say, it's better for me to go into life without TikTok than with TikTok or Snapchat or whatever it is that I don't know about that you're, you're having problems with than go into eternal life, right? Now, I tell you one way that you can really die to, to this. It's radical. Here's what you do. You confess it. You steal in from your employer. You go in tomorrow morning and say, I've been taking and I, yesterday I died to this. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm willing to take the consequences of what it is, but I want to come clean with you and let you know. You say, whoa, that's, that's pretty drastic. Yeah, it is. got to die to it. You're viewing pornography. You go home today and say to your wife, I've been looking at things inappropriate on my tablet. I usually do it after you go to bed. i got a way of turning it where I can, you can't see it, and I want you to feel free. I want to show you where I've been. I'm never going there again, and I want you to feel free to pick this up and look at it. I'll show you how to look at this, the history if you don't know how, and I want you to hold me accountable. You say, oh, that would get me in so much trouble. It depends on what, what you want to avoid in your life. You want to avoid the wrath of God, or do you want to avoid some of the consequences of your sin? Now, I don't know what it's going to mean for you, but here's what the Bible says about how to change this. Count yourself dead. Make a decisive break. Now, you say, all right, what if I do that today? I'm serious about my, my, my sin now, and I, 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 right now, there's a line in the sand. I make a break. What if I fall into that again? You may. You know what you do then? You die again, and you keep dying until you have counted yourself dead so much that you are dead to it. 
That's what this verse is telling you to do. Now, with sins of excess, it's going to be harder. If if your unwanted behavior is an excess of something that is good, it's going to be harder for you to die for it. In other words, if it's overeating, you can't die to food, right? If it's overspending, you can't die to money. If if your phone has got you in trouble, but it may very well be in your business that you have to have a phone, you... uh, You can't perhaps die to your phone. So it's going to be a little harder when those sins of excess. So you're going to have to say, what can I seriously do to get serious about this, to die to the way that I relate to money or food or my phone or whatever? Because I've got to fence that in some way that I'll only use my phone uh, for for, uh, calls and texts for the next month. Or I've got to fence that in some way that I'm only going to eat at meals for the next month. You've got to, in some way, fast. You've got to die into the way that you relate to that. But there's the first step of how you can change your unwanted behavior. You die to it. You, may, you draw a line in the sand. You make a decisive break with that. Now, that alone is not enough. A lot of people do that kind of thing. I'm going to quit. That alone is not enough. There's a second thing in Romans 6 you've got to do. Here it is. Live for Jesus. Offer yourself as a servant to God and righteousness. So the negative will not be enough to change unwanted behavior. The negative and the positive will. You need Jesus. You can't change alone. You need Jesus. Jesus can help you change. So we're going to see every one of these words that I've got in this sentence in this passage if we, as we go through it. Live for Jesus, offer yourself as a servant to God and righteousness. You see it comes back to your baptism again. There's another part to your baptism. Your baptism is not only like a graveside service. Your baptism is also like a baby shower. It's a graveside service and a baby shower all rolled into one. That's what baptism is. Because it's a celebration of new life. Let's read it in Romans 6, 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Look at again at our hinge verse that we've used for both sections. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So now what we see is you've got to count Consider, view yourself alive to God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Look at verse 13. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So the positive part of that verse is you offer yourself to God. The word offer means to present like a knight would present his sword, present himself in service to a king. You're saying, I am yours, God. So I'm offering myself to you. And this verse says to offer every part of your body to him. So there's got to be this positive action. So you're having a a problem uh, with the, the media that you're putting into your mind. It is not enough to die to those websites or to those apps or whatever. You've got to offer then your mind in a positive way to God. That is, read or view something positive. Read the Bible. Read, as I talked about last month, Christian biographies. In some way, you've got to offer your mind to something positive here. You see it? Offer every part of your body as an instrument. The word instrument is sometimes translated tool or weapon. Offer your, every part of your body uh, or every part of yourself to God. Would you do that today? Would you today not only say, I draw a line in the sand, This is over. I die to it. But would you say, God, I'm giving my life to you. And my spare time was getting me in trouble. So now I'm going to give my spare time to you. And I'm going to fill it with service to you. My mind was getting me in trouble, so I'm going to offer it to you. I'm going to fill it with some positive things that will feed my spiritual life. I'm offering every part of myself to you. Now here's what it says will happen, verse uh, 16, 
Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves to the one you obey, whether you're a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So the Bible says this principle, whatever you submit yourself to, you become enslaved to. Important principle in this verse here. You can't have moral neutrality. You're going to be enslaved to something. But you can choose your master. And if you repeatedly submit yourself to sin, you're going to be enslaved to that sin. If you instead repeatedly offer yourself to Jesus, you'll be a slave to Jesus. So you're going to be a slave, but you have the ability to choose your master. Verse 17 and 18, thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you've come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Let Jesus claim your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Bob Dylan is an iconic musician in American history, rock musician, 60s and 70s, wrote all these uh, folk songs, rock songs. But in 1979, Bob Dylan said he'd become a Christian. Others can debate his spirituality. I'm just telling you, in 79, he declared himself a Christian. And he put out a, an album that year called Slow Train Coming. And one of the songs on that album, Slow Train Coming, was You Gotta Serve Somebody. Bob Dylan, only on Saturday Night Live, once in his life, 1979, he sang this song, You Gotta Serve Somebody, on Saturday Night Live. 1980, he won Rock Vocal of the Year for this song. Got a Grammy for it in 1980. Let me read to you one of the seven verses of You Gotta Serve Somebody. Dylan wrote, you may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Bob Dylan understood Romans 6, 17 through 18. You're going to become enslaved to whatever you serve. You're not morally neutral. And you can choose your master, but you've got to serve somebody. John Lennon of the Beatles did not like this song. He didn't like the fact that Dylan said he was a Christian. He didn't like that philosophy. But Lennon wrote in his diary that the singing was pathetic and the words were embarrassing. And so John Lennon wrote a parody song of Dylan's You Gotta Serve Somebody called You Gotta Serve Yourself. Let me read you one verse from John Lennon's, you got to serve yourself. You say you found Jesus Christ, he's the only one. You say you found Buddha sitting in the sun. You say you found Muhammad facing to the east. You say you found Krishna dancing in the streets. you got to serve yourself. Ain't nobody going to do it for you. you got to serve yourself. Ain't nobody going to do it for you. Well, you may believe in devils. You may believe in lords. But if you don't go out and serve yourself, ain't no room service here. John Lennon, great musician, bad theologian. Bob Dylan, better theologian than John Lennon. Two ways of looking at life. You can go the John Lennon route. I'm going to serve myself. The Bible says you'll become enslaved to that which you serve. Or you can go the Bob Dylan route who said, you got a choice, but you're going to serve somebody. And if you want to overcome unwanted behaviors in your life, you're going to have to offer yourself to Jesus. Surrender to him. William Booth was 15 years old. A sermon impressed him. And he wrote in his diary that day, God will have all there is of William Booth. He went on to found the Salvation Army, which is still blessing millions of people today. I wonder if today you would say right now, God will have all there is of Brenton Cox. In 2021, I died of my sin. I live for Jesus. And I offer, and I'll take positive steps to offer myself to you.
You want to change your behavior? You need to really come back. Romans 7 and 8 completes it. I can't get it all in one sermon. It's a a three-part set, but, but, but this is where you need to start. You want to change unwanted behavior? I'm right there with you. Here's what we got to do. Today, will you draw a line in the sand and say, by the help of God, no more. That's not going to characterize me anymore. I count myself dead to that sin. And will you say, I offer my life to Jesus. I'll live for Jesus. I offer every part of my body as a servant, enslaved to righteousness. Because I know if I keep offering myself to him, just as I offered myself to sin and I became enslaved to it, if I keep offering myself to him, I'll become connected to, enslaved to righteousness and him. Sarah, come on and, come on and lead us right now. And uh, I'm going to do something different uh, during this song than we've done during this pandemic. Um, so I'm going to invite you while they're singing this song, um, if you're serious, you want to die, I'm going to invite you to come and kneel here. So we haven't been doing that. And I, if somebody turns, I'm going to ask you, if you're blocking them in, come all the way out of the aisle. Don't make them walk over you, okay? Will you do that? Somebody turns toward you in the pew while we're standing up, you walk out and let them. So you can just sort of there, get out of their way, give them a little space, Okay. I'm not going to come to you if you're here. If you want to talk to me, uh, because if, if I come to you, I've got to get right up in your face and to hear you over the music. And I'm just not going to do that. I still want you to come to the Welcome Center. If you want to confess Christ, you want to plan for baptism, you want to join our church, you want to talk to me or another pastor, come to the Welcome Center. It's right up this way. I'll be there right after we close. But if you just want to come in this new year and change then maybe it would just help you to come and kneel here and say, I'm dying to it. And some of you are thinking, I don't want to do that. They'll think I'm looking at pornography like you talked about, or I'm drinking, or I cheated on my wife. You know, it would really be good if we cared even more about what God thought than what other people thought, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that really show we were serious? So it's just up to you. I'm going to invite you to come and kneel for a moment to say, God, I die to this. I offer myself to you. Let's stand together and say, sing. darkness is fading walls of fear brick by brick will come down your light will shine lift me out of the shadow here and now I know through is found I'm gonna sing my way out of the valley I'm gonna shout my way up to the mountain I will take hold of the truth of your promise I'm gonna praise I'm gonna praise I'm gonna push through till every lie crumbles I'm gonna dance in the midst of the rain I'm gonna rest in the arms of the Father I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise your
ocean, you have to bow, you have to bow. All lesser things that demand my attention, you have to bow, you have to bow. about all the things that will be beginning back this week. That includes a student ministry service be starting back again as well at 6 o'clock. Just want to remind you, uh, just like our invitations are different, uh, we're still not passing an offering plate. And so uh, if you want to give and worship through giving of your tithes and your offerings, you can do that in the boxes there along the back wall. Um, if you're watching this online this morning, you can give through our app. And so you can give online or give through our app, either one. And so do that as well as, as part of worship to the Lord this morning. I'm going to pray for us as we close this service. And again, if you uh, want to talk with Dr. Cox as you exit these doors, head down to your left, and he'll be there at the welcome desk. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you uh, that you bring about change in our lives. And we thank you that you care about us enough to not leave us where we're at, but you love us through difficult things in life, whether it's a virus or a pandemic or a sin issue, God, it doesn't matter what it is, that you love us and you're good to us all the time. And we can call you our, our good, good Father. So Lord, I pray that you uh, just be with us as we begin this new year. Help us to walk in a new direction uh, toward you, focused on you, loving you more, living for you, dying to our sin and to ourself. God, be with us in this in all things. We thank you for sending your son Jesus and it's in his strong name that we pray these things. I'm gonna see my way.